anger, sexual lust, the sorts of things that you experience when you're playing a video game. All these concepts originated with Karl Marx. Damn. I'm getting a drum I'm getting a drum kit soon. Uh which is important because my timing is so good. Um It's exciting. That is exciting. It's gonna be an electronic drum kit because I live in an apartment and I don't wanna be driven out with pitchforks and torches. Um sweet little Roland. It's it's oh, I've wanted I've wanted a, a I've wanted drums for a while. Do they have the uh, um, adjustable heads on it? One of those electronic kits, or just the kind of standard? Um, yes, it's it's got the adjustable heads. I am getting it. Okay, so um, I know somebody who, frankly, is too middle class to be associating with me. Um, but they have this this uh, kind of expensive Roland drum kit they don't use, and I'm like, you know what? You need to get rid of that. That's so funny. I actually have room for that as I'm like pushing important-looking belongings into a closet to make it seem like this room in yep. my little fucking room. Photo albums and uh, <laughs> miniatures of Resident Evil. Um, Just duct-taping Skittles to the ceiling <laughs> to save space. <laughs> Evicting Skittles so you can get a drum kit. Absolutely. No, it's gonna be sick. Um, do you... Because you... you 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 were you're, you were a band boy. You were a bandist. I know I, you play. Some I things. do. I play things, including the drums. And oh, uh, yes, I am not um, perfectly versed on. I've done, and I am also a, uh, um, a married man approaching middle age. So of course, I've done research on electronic drum kits, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and. I've played a few and it's amazing that like, I, I remember when electronic drum kits were making their appearances in churches, um, like the ones that I grew up in because they were more manageable and everyone hated all of the terrible pop music, um, yeah. that they played, but they especially hated the fucking drum set. Um, and those <laughs> just had these little, you know, it was like, it was like playing on a practice pad, but the whole drum set was made out of practice pads and it sucked. Um, but the technology has improved so much to where, like, yeah, you can you can uh, you can adjust the head of uh, your drums and give it the kind of like tensile feet. At, at least, like, the problem was always feeling. It doesn't feel like you're actually playing drums. It feels like you're playing this weird yeah collection of like practice pads. Um, yeah. So you can do the coolest shit now, and I'm jealous, and I want one too. Fuck yeah! I, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make it sound so grossly like '80s. I can't wait. It'll be very fun. It'll be really, really fun. Um. Yeah, we haven't talked about music on the podcast. We haven't talked about. Um, we have so many things in common. Your co-hosts do. Um, that y'all don't even fucking mm -hmm. know about. Don't even fucking know about. I'm so I'm I'm entering the stage of my life where I'm gonna spend too much money on guitar pedals as well. That's kinda where I'm at. Um I first things first, I've never had a wah pedal. I'm gonna need one of those to make things go wah. Yes. Uh now that's one of the key uh components of guitar playing is you need things to go wah. Um <laughs> And if you don't know what that is, um, listen to like any Jimi Hendrix track. Probably he's probably using one. Um, absolutely. Um, or I don't know if they had it on pedals really back then, or if he was just like manually uh, like switching between the pickups and doing. There's like you can manually do kind of a wah effect, but I'm like not that good. So yeah, he played he played with pedals, and I believe in the. Um... But also he played Stratocasters, um, yeah. as well. I can't remember if they had whammies, whammies on them. But it's yeah, it's like a whammy bar for your feet. That also doesn't fuck with the, um, doesn't fuck with your guitar neck, and take things out of tune. Like uh, I love guitar pedals. I have a problem. Like I have like champagne <laughs> fucking taste. 
I've always had champagne taste in gear and yeah. never ever the budget for it. I had saved for years to get the guitar gear that I had toward the end of college. And then I was playing honky talk music with friends of mine and we played at this mm -hmm. bar in St. Pete um, and then did what we usually do, locked our gear up, tried to park our uh, van and in this case, my truck too, in an inconspicuous place and then go inside and get really drunk and then go to our friend's house and fall asleep. And then, ev so everything pretty much got stolen. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah, I had a, um, a Fender Bassman, um, the, uh, a 212 Fender Bassman, about, I don't know, probably 900 bucks worth of guitar pedals like electro harmonics and stuff like that again champagne taste no, i shot no. I, I used to be big on ebay and i would look yeah. and try and find deals i used to be a big pawn shop head and go inside of pawn shops and like i got deals and all of that shit back when guitar center center used to let you haggle i haggled oh wow yeah i haggled myself um the telecaster that i was using the american telecaster standard telecaster that i was using and a beautiful sunburst orange um that yeah that's gone too um it was one of the worst not to be um a consumer uh or to musician gearhead on main but that was one of maybe the worst days of my young adult life no, you know no it's it's right to be a gearhead like that's yeah. so much of the like the fun and creativity of music is uh comes from beyond just the instrument itself there's so much stuff yeah. you can do yeah i i've always been a, a lo-fi enjoyer which is a really handy excuse to be a cheapskate <laughs> with pedals um because i know it's it's meant to sound kind of fucked up um <laughs> although i do have uh, uh one electro harmonics pedal but do people know that the Intro, intro music for the podcast All Gamers Are Bastards was composed by 1K of K and Skittles. Um, That's right. It was. Um, that one was mostly fucking with samples, although I, I, I probably did something. Who remembers? Oh, uh, it sounds uh, like, I mean, the drum sound, you know. Like I think the, there the might be a drum and maybe a bass line I added. I'm, I'm, I've heard it a trillion times, and I'm suddenly like, what is it? How did it go again? There is a keyboard bass line <laughs> that goes bump, 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 bump. Um, yeah, that sounds like something that I added. Uh, yeah, I folks, I have an album, a little EP that I made a few years ago, um, and I, I'm going to link it in the description. You can go listen to it. You should, yeah. And I kind of, when COVID happened, I kind of fell off making music because my thing, there's a lot of things where I can be very like self motivated, like writing and you know doing fucking video essays and stuff i just you know i just always do it yeah um but music if i'm not around musicians i just i don't i don't know why i love doing it but if i'm not around other people who are thinking about it and talking about it i just stop uh so when COVID happened i just stopped everything and i'm only this past year kind of getting her cooking again well uh, which has been very very rewarding i'm the same way but fuck after a couple years of not practicing you you're so much worse. You get very rusty, <laughs> but you get on so you get back so fast, and it's addictive. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I'm the I'm the exact same way, but just inverted. I'm always playing music and always making music. Um, at this point, I'm convinced by habit, um, or God, I wish that was me. The the need for sanity, but that's the thing. Yeah. Like I don't. Like I, I get motivated by you and by the guys at Horror Vanguard, for example, um, and by some of our mutual friends who make stuff online. Um, uh, Phil, the dang dad, for example, Phil it makes great content that I got. Hey, to, he's great. I got to contribute to recently, um, and both of us got to collaborate with Phil. Um, this, this is just a group of people who keep me motivated to kind of produce videos. And to keep writing when, um, oh, I just, if, if it weren't for all the nice people around me, I would fucking quit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do the, get that. I the music, get that. though, you know, I make all my music for anything that you hear on my YouTube channel, unless it's from like my first two videos, which uses uh, a song by the Power Violence band Coke Bust from DC, who I highly recommend. I feel like fast hardcore. I make everything. Um, 
including the out the outro for a podcast called All Gamers Are Bastards. Um, That's w- true. Now, I, listener, I don't know if you've heard that podcast before, but uh, it's pretty good. No, I wanted to mention, I'm sure there's... Um, Kay, you recently appeared on a podcast um, that I that think true. I think a bunch of uh, listeners we saw a bump in pretty much everything having to do with Agav, and I think we have some new friends um, from a podcast that I very much like. Um, so, hello, new listeners! You're hello, you're smart, for everyone. Everyone from the D program, uh, you're not only smart, but like people respect you more. Yeah, <laughs> because of listening to our podcast. And you're good looking. Only good looking people can hear a gap. If you can hear, yeah, if it, you can hear it, then who you're locked in. Nice, congratula- good congratulations. On you. No, welcome. I just wanted to welcome new listeners. It's one of the first times that one of us has done something, and it's resulted in a noticeable line go up. Um, I mean, I'm yeah, sure other, I'm sure very, other things have happened um, that. Have caused that that I didn't notice. So sorry to all the other people. Probably, I feel like when we've done stuff with Horror Vanguard, line go yeah. up. We're not very, um, I guess, sort of business minded about the stuff that we make in general. And you can see people who are, and I mean, sometimes it's kind of cynical and gross, but often they're just you know, <laughs> just being sensible mm-hmm, with what they're right. doing. Um, and you know, it certainly helps, but also you know. I, fuck that it's <laughs> it's a whole extra dimension of of work um and we're frankly too stupid so don't expect us to do smart things that's that's the first warning yeah that's right uh that's why when you go to patreon.com slash agabpod you just find uh um extended essays about my feelings and um pictures of landscapes rather than uh a free bonus episode, a free, a, a bonus episode for every show. Um, that's yeah, right. You we don't know extra, what money is. We don't know what money is, but we, we will give you content for it. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do with it. I mean, I guess I kind of gave the, gave it away. I'm going to buy a lot of guitar pedals. Probably. I'm going to drop uh, in the, the university of- gives me money also to, to do, uh, strange little tasks that they give me that that's going on guitar pedals also i don't know what rent is i don't know what bills are i don't know what food is i I need i need a guitar pedal yeah you can eat um reverb pedals right you can oh my god i listen listen if if this society wasn't so fucked up i would just be playing with different reverb pedals forever i would have hundreds of them that's what my buddy and i um who worked in campaign politics that's what we used to say all the time and it like that's pretty much what i say during any political work that if people would just go ahead and make the world better um then they could be rid of my annoying ass and i'm just gonna go make music like i wouldn't be doing any of this stupid organizing crap um if it weren't for the world being shitty um, if I'm so annoying and you want to get rid of me, then just, you know, um, voluntarily recognize the union at your workplace and then I can go, you know, pluck my little strings and play my little piano. Absolutely. I, you could tell my background is sort of production first, uh, because like I still am very bad at like playing things by ear or like hearing something and being like, that is a C. Um, but I'll know. If, especially if you're an electronic producer, I'm going to know what reverb you're using. You think you can just use Valhalla and I won't notice? I'm going to know. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to smell the preset you use. And frankly, didn't really modify from its preset. I can tell. <laughs> I'm inside your home. I think that's... A, I, I, and this is my honest take, because I like um, a lot of contemporary music. Um, I think that's a refreshing and very, again, contemporary way to approach things and it's something that a lot of people do um in ways that is really fucking cool i like um how our ability to make music defying sort of like systems of music 
and instead like you know i come from diy and punk and stuff like that so like while i mm-hmm. while i took piano lessons and stuff because i was a church musician kid i uh um my heart really lies in you know finding literally the closest things to you and banging on it in a way until it sounds cool and then recording that and then handing it out to people and saying listen to this crazy thing that i made more people should more people should do it i love that i it's crazy that we haven't collaborated on any music it is true we're so busy being great at all these other things that it's just it's it's fucked i don't even oh you're about to be so busy dude forget about oh yeah (laughs) yeah i have been uh um we'll just say uh rearranging my house and as i rearrange my house things are gonna get wacky (laughs) yep (laughs) say have you ever um way back in the day you're you're a few years older than me, but in in the mid two thousands, where you you get in on the kind of big, like, flash game RPG boom that happened. Like there was RuneScape, Adventure Quest, that sort of bullshit. Was that ever did, did that pass you by? Or yeah, I played RuneScape. Um, you played RuneScape. Interesting. Um, so you probably won't see the gates of heaven. That's kind of the first thing. Um, yeah, you got to pay a price for that one. Yeah, you got to pay the membership cost. Uh, yeah, okay, so RuneScape was... I bounced off RuneScape immediately. I did play Adventure Quest and uh, the other also dog shit games that company put out around the same era. Um, but RuneScape was a funny one because I played it for maybe a day and was like, this is horrible i you couldn't pay me to deal with this bullshit uh but there are people who um uh, you know they, they witness the same the same thing we're like you know what i would love to spend hours cutting down trees to make my tree cutting skill higher and that kind of became i feel like that became pretty mainstream in games you know, mm. every game has like a, a busy work element to it. There's always a crafting and gathering resource. It's not as bad as RuneScape, but people love that. Yeah. Do, do you do you have any thoughts on why people love tedious bullshit that shouldn't be fun? It's like an you know, I have perhaps too many thoughts on it. I like it's the sort of the the game that I always think of immediately is world of warcraft um yeah and it's like all 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 games like all contemporary games have this sort of like built-in grind like it's been important i think because in in the world in the realm of rpgs there's always been uh some element of grinding um grinding for levels like i think about early single player role-playing games like the early final fantasy series that can be so well especially when you're a kid it can be so hard or like the um what was the side there was a for game boy actually it may not have been originally for game boy it could have been transferred over final fantasy legends is that the sub series those games were so difficult and so you instinct your instincts sort of take you toward this process of grinding as well. You realize more levels means and like more abilities and more strength to be able to fight what you're trying to fight. But like when it becomes about like when it starts to become about like resource generation and then it becomes Mm -hmm. fully implicit to like the game that you're playing, it's about just accumulating like stuff as this and to do i i guess what i what i think about it is that it's very bad game it's a, it makes for bad video games but in such a way that reads is really familiar to you know human drudgery <laughs> and that it's it's very <laughs> It's not unfamiliar in that we're all accustomed to some level of drudgery in our day-to-day lives, but it's very contemporary in the way it uses technology to capture our attention. Um, 
and in such a way that like there's passive elements that like you can leave things like a, a, an element to those types of RPGs and online role-playing RPGs in general is being able to gain passive benefit even when you're not playing. So your thought and your sort of attention and your spare time, leisure time, you could say, outside of the internal like meta work of the game itself is still being preoccupied um, by this you know grind for what um precisely i don't know I so people weird. always people big up escapism and they're like you know mm -hmm. i get home from work i, I, I want to think about anything else i want to you know play i'll play a video game and go and do something very different from my work but i think that a lot of people they in fact crave that familiar drudgery that familiar mechanism but importantly in a safe environment where there's no stakes to it um, and nobody's actually making them do it. And in, in, in a way... So what's happening here is games like RuneScape, I think, actually constitute a sexual kink for people. That's what's happening. It is something that in other conditions would be bad, but it is done in a safe environment <laughs> and therefore becomes enjoyable. Um... That's that's my argument. Um, everyone who plays these games is a pervert. It's an especial, an, a special pervert. Not that um, all you other perverts aren't valid in your pervert. Yeah, I mean, playing video games at all, you're a pervert. But like, you know, you might be the level of like a foot guy. We're looking at we're looking at some advanced shit where you're going to work, <laughs> but like for fun, in like a low stakes way. That is, uh, I don't even want to speculate that. I mean, you need some kind of help, but I'm not equipped to give it to you. <laughs> I mean, even like, <laughs> I think it, even with any, even all jokes aside, there's like this, you know, there, there's something in the language of these cultural objects that form the background of our common experience. And like their expressions in culture are like, they feel familiar, I think, just because they are like, it's not. You know, yeah it's not you know exactly it's exact like the to escape into the like present construction of day-to-day -day life so fully that this quote-unquote fantasy world is able to sort of like colonize itself it's like when it's like a fungus growing on a fungus um and the, it's there's this like self-perpetuating sense of active feed of uh, self-perpetuating active feedback occurrence in culture that keeps us constantly reminding things of each other it's why the, it's the same reason we have like 15 different anytime some like free-to-play trend pops up like a whole bunch of different versions of the same free-to-play trend pops up like if it's you know the you know fps you know battler games or if it's something that's like you know you know you if it's some it, you know like the next sort of like gang beasts clone or whatever the problem with like i think even a something as um twisted and horrifying as gang beasts uh a game that's feels near impossible to play is more inspired um than something that has a grind like that um, simply because it's able, because it's simply because it's able to evoke humor, and it's funny. Like in its like, you know, it, 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 there's a there's a more there's an odious version of that, and it's the and it's fucking Fall Guys, where you're completely anonymous, <laughs> and like unf like while like I play Fall Guys to like take breaks from writing. Um, yeah. as this very like in this in this this weird like I don't know like I just play I just played it earlier because I thought it was funny and now I just can it's the thing I can sit down and I can play for ten or fifteen minutes and like unfortunately it lacks the like you can you can you can cue as a group but even in its anonymity like it takes your name and just gives you a your fall guy number whatever um, the joy of like trying to sabotage people. And basically bullying people within the game um, 
uh, by like it because you can grab onto other people. It's super fun just to like grab someone to start pushing them toward an edge. And every time I'm doing that, I'm like, yes, <laughs> you're gonna go. <laughs> like it, uh, it kind of takes the like. We've talked about it on the oh, oh, and it's maybe a good transition. We talked about it on the show before, like the sort of death of couch co-op, and how yeah. like there's so this the dearth of like games that are meant to be played with sitting down with like one other person or a couple of other people, and instead this like, you know, instead it's all just kind of like how everything gets sucked up into you know internet too and social media and stuff like that it's all just regulated by these rooms that we play in sometimes making us completely anonymous from one another it it sucks ass it does and that is a great transition because today we're going to talk about a couch co-op game that allows you to play it online but when you do it's still split screen even though we played it from you know different countries uh because you need to see what's happening in the other character's point of view as well, which was really fun. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the second installment in our prison series, A Way Out. What's your plan? It's anti-Italian discrimination. Okay, so this one was uh, listeners who who um, are you know loyal to their shogun and listen to all of our episodes will know that the last prison episode was pretty heavy. We played a really interesting and quite brutal game. Um, so this one's going to be really quite different. Uh, we thought this would be in a similar-ish vein. We were looking for games that are seriously trying to say something or think about prisons, right? Um, so this game is... It's a co-op game where you each play as a, a prisoner, as you might imagine, and the two of you are trying to break out of prison. However, you do that for about the first act, and it's very, very funny. And then you're mostly doing gta in like the mountains and stuff you're you're stealing rural people's trucks and evading the cops um outside of prison for most of the game and eventually you go john wick uh like a guy who's doing like uh diamond deals with the saudis shit gets totally out of hand yeah this um instead we in last week we played presentable liberty a um you know, profound reflection on isolation and solitary confinement uh, in the context of an imagined global pandemic uh, seven years before a real global pandemic actually ended up happening. Um, and this is a game about a plucky orphan named Johnny Spaghetti, whose um, only crimes were loving his fucking wife and fucking son too much, and also robbery, and also maybe others a small that, robbery. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is the goofiest fucking thing I think I've ever played it's a level of silly that only I think the Fast and Furious franchise has been able to match in sort of cultural imagination recently <laughs> yeah. it's so like sometimes it, they're cracking jokes and they're trying to be a little bit funny but clearly this entire story takes itself so seriously while you are doing the most like cartoonish looney tunes ass bullshit like <laughs> sneaking around um by hiding in laundry hampers and like doing like fucking wily e. coyote climbs up large shaft like large elevator shafts or no like large i'm not sure what that shaft was for <laughs> exactly but we climbed up it <laughs> yeah you go back you go back to back like a cartoon um and you know push yourselves up like an air shaft or something um you had to do it via a quick time event or you'll fall comically yeah it took a <laughs> lot i i was not very good at that um a lot of a lot of quick time yeah basically it's a story about two guys who get locked up and who break themselves out and literally take stuff directly from Shawshank Redemption 
Um, they, <laughs> yeah. use, they use the coverage of a thunderstorm, um, and you have to time. They can't ever do anything by themselves. You have to open doors at the same time in the most comically stupid ways. Oh, yeah. Um, they contrive insane reasons for doors to take both of you to open even sometimes there's no reason like one at one point we opened like a barn door it just seemed like a totally normal barn door but just like no you, it, it takes both of you yeah through the like, power of not, friendship that's not a type of door <laughs> yeah, um it. before we get to into the the long list of silly bullshit in this game i want to i want to sort of paint a picture of where i think we were both coming from before we played this, because I think we both looked at some of the reviews of the game, and it's really quite highly regarded for its writing, its story. Um, so I think we were expecting something good, um, or something that took the material seriously. It takes itself seriously, <laughs> but it feels very unserious about the material that it's dealing with, such as prison. Um, for example, um, the entire segment of escaping from the prison, there's almost no setbacks. It's just a pretty... It's really fucking easy, actually, to escape from prison in this game. Um, but the opening sequence totally... Uh, and I think this helps explain why, at least I found this so funny. The opening sequence kind of primes you for something more serious. So... My character, off-brand Arthur Morgan, um, shows up to prison while Johnny Spaghetti has been in it for a few months, I believe. And right. so I'm being... I get stripped, all my stuff is taken. You know, it, it really... It does linger on kind of like the gross dehumanizing um, process of that. Mm -hmm. They line you up and, and the warden's like, you know, anyone have any questions? Somebody asks a question and he has a guard like fucking hit him with a baton. You know, just th these gross, like, assertions of power. Uh, and then your clothes are taken from you, and you are marched all the way through the cell block naked. You're not allowed to get dressed until you get to your cell. And there was a touch I really liked where other prisoners were, like, yelling at you and making fun of you for being naked, even though you know they must have gone through that. So this horrible thing you're experiencing is going to change you, and you will then you know, weaponize it against the next people it happens to. It's the whole institution is designed to prevent solidarity between you. Right. That's like the first two minutes of the game. And it is never that like insightful <laughs> or interesting again. It really set me up to be like, oh, this, this game's going to be really cool. And then the next thing that we're doing is like, yeah, we're, we're scooting around with, I've got Johnny Spaghetti hiding in a, a fucking, um, like a big laundry cart covered in sheets. And we're, we're scampering around like the fucking air ducts of the prison, and it's so stupid, and I love it. Yeah, it's like a Marx Brother comedy for a great deal of it. Um, you spend time in jail, essentially, it's, it's told episodically in these kind of, like, snapshots um, of various tasks that you have to perform, um like stealing a wrench um you are in a workshop and you can just endlessly hammer nails and plane the same piece of wood over and over <laughs> again um until you of course talk to the one guy um a comical amount of mini games that yeah. game <laughs> allows you to play um yeah if you can fast forward a little bit um after you've broken out of jail and they've wandered for a while and there's a um uh, they stumble upon this farmhouse um and through a ruse um manage to get the the older couple who live at the farmhouse who are like it's like they're from herschel gordon lewis's 2000 maniacs like they're so they're which is a movie about um these like uh, new york um, college students who stumble into a town where the confederacy never lost uh, like they're such thick, like <laughs> get my get my shotgun and there's yeah. a there's a banjo you can play the banjo of course they have a fucking banjo sitting in their living room it's very funny um yeah uh and then you spend i mean we must have spent the next 30 minutes um there's a rhythm game um, this game has no idea what it wants 
to be genre wise it has this like and not in a clever i think it, it thinks it's being very clever by implementing all these sort of like small touches everywhere but they're so it's so tonally schizophrenic like yeah. in that like we're like goofing off playing darts and like five seconds before we're like in the back of a truck like it's grand theft auto um and you're you know we're shooting shooting at a comical amount of cop cars the police yeah. when they end up finding you they come in such like it's it's one of the silliest like car chase sequences i've literally ever seen in a video game and again <laughs> i just mentioned the game grand theft auto it's sillier than it's sillier than that somehow yeah, it's tone. that classic video game staple where one of us is driving, the other is in the back of the truck shooting, and yeah, the cops just come like fucking zerglings, just <laughs> swarming <laughs> us in this fucking middle of nowhere place where there's yeah. probably like five cops tops. Uh, yeah. No, there's they're infinite cops and they're coming. Yeah, it's really funny what the game asks you to do, like to you know impersonate your then you're on a construction site because you're trying to find this guy who knows another guy who the guy who betrayed you and then you're like there's an art in between the arm wrestling mini game um, (laughs) and the extended chase sequence around like a large like a high-rise building that's under construction you then capture a guy tie him to a chair and pick up play another mini game where you pick up various objects figuring out which torture device you're going to be able to use to get the information out of him yeah Uh, you don't actually use any of the things you just it's a it's a threat threat mini game uh where you threaten somebody to use a blowtorch to use a staple gun to uh i don't know at one point there's a oh yeah a flashlight that they plug in and use as a cattle prod basically we actually Uh, do use that one which i I found interesting we fucking electrocute him which was so funny um and then they're really squeamish about doing anything more than that which i thought was weird like they want to have their cake and eat it too like our guys aren't total psychos but like yeah they are come on (laughs) Did you play? Are you familiar with the game that preceded? Basically, the game that the same studio made that preceded this, Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Um, oh, I didn't know that was the same studio. I've not played it, but I'm aware of it. And yeah, uh, it's it's the same sort of thing where it's like a couch co-op, so yeah, third-person adventure, right? So yeah, it seems like that's where they just kind of like picked up the format from and told a bigger story. I've only seen like I watched people speed run it at uh, AGDQ, I think. Um, right, but. Like the the game, like I read a couple of reviews and they talked about, um, you know, a game that was filled with heart, as they called it. You know, for all of its flaws, they praise, as you said, the story, in particular, which is, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I'm being uh, tricked in a large <laughs> conspiracy. <laughs> um, it's the goofiest, most like it's a it's a it's a story that takes itself so entirely seriously in the way that it's trying to tell it but it failed to um consider maybe that the story itself doesn't make a whole lot of sense and that in the six hour experience you go from you know a two minute reflection on the um inhumane treatment of um prisoners in the night even in the even in the 1970s um the near the very near past um to playing banjo and and throwing darts and then a car chase and then a torture scene and then um yeah there's the saudis come into and then you're on a plane to mexico um and it turn then it turns out um uh there are uh, undercover fbi agents um and there's uh, uh, a, a a whole big scheme and the whole story um turns out to be a sting it's mostly it's mostly nonsense um, yeah a big part of the problem we ran into is we we were coming to this looking for a game about prison and if we were coming to this looking for like a a schlocky sort of jason Bourne type adventure 
I think it would have been probably not as like funny from the absurdity <laughs> of it all because this game has so little to say I, I think about prison it's it's got main character syndrome where the whole world has to revolve around our protagonists via this weird like branching conspiracy and it's so at odds with like the powerlessness and and sort of um de-individualization that happens with prison um it's 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 the opposite really in every way of prison and I think it only gets funnier as it goes along and as like the stakes get higher and higher and the intrigue gets more and more. Like these were never just two guys in prison. These were the two main characters in prison. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't know anybody else besides the murderous psychos that you have to like in in a like it was basically a tutorial sequence the prison itself. It was teaching you about the QTEs, and then it's not until you start, like, doing your little Tom and Jerry, like, sneaking around. Like, I know I've mentioned, like, 15 <laughs> different cards. That's how cartoonish it felt. I can't say it, It's on very Looney Tunes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, like, it's only until that stuff really picks up. But there's this whole initial sequence that was so jarring. It's like Kay said. You start out with this, like, sort of um, bread and butter, dehumanizing... Uh, uh, um, intake process of prison um something that's gotten worse um over time yeah um and then you very quickly end up at like a uh, a yard fight where someone has a, 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 a what starts as a yard fight to teach you about the quick time events um um where people just are like you know it's like rocky the way that they're boxing each other and then, yeah. um, then you're very quickly inside in the cafeteria, and then a huge, the same sort of like cartoonish, like psychopath villain pops up and is like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you!" And he has a knife this time, and so now there's yeah. this big long sequence of a knife, and all there's of course, since there's two of you, there's got to be another guy there who also manages to have a knife. Um, oh yeah, the extra knife guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your spare, your backup knife guy. Yeah. Um and it's so like it immediately becomes so silly um and so much closer to like a very a very bad action movie. Um so quickly that you immediately like not only do you immediately stop taking anything that they say seriously, but for us at least it was um God, it was funny. Um, the the fight in the yard is is I would say that is the point where the game becomes ridiculous and it stays that way. And when it because it's I might be misremembering because this was the vibe of the fight, but I feel like it had a moment where our two characters like ended up back to back, like happens in every action movie when they're fighting mm -hmm. a bunch of people. Um, somebody probably had a quip, uh, and it, it was so cartoonish and. When it was happening, I was like, uh, okay, this is dumb, but maybe they're, like, putting in... Maybe they didn't trust that without an action sequence early on that they could hook players. Maybe this will be an outlier. And uh, immediately it became clear, no, this is what the game will be from now on. And something I found very interesting when, after the knife fight, uh, which, by the way, features a lot of backing up and, like, throwing kitchenware at them very comically... <laughs> um, the the main guy with a knife fucking stabs a guard and they manage to like they hit him a few times but they manage to as far as police and prison guards go very very peacefully restrain this guy and it's so interesting that this also feels like the end of them having any really any interest in showing prison in a negative light yeah like that intro is really like critical but prison's kind of whatever after that. And, like, realistically, this guy's dead. This You stab a guard, you are, you're shot. That's, like, give me a fucking break. Um, so it, this prison that just minutes ago, they were really showing us how, like, brutal and dehumanizing it is. They're like, nah, yeah, they just apprehend him. And it's it's kind of fine. That was, 
I, I don't know. It, it really felt like just different people made the first few minutes, and then we just fall into this totally different game where it's a cartoon prison now, you know? Yeah, there's no, like... The consequences of the, like, environment that they've set up are all sort of, like, boiled down into this very silly, like, you know, like, just not, like, out of the world, like, like a, like a, like a ten time over rejected screenplay of the most cliche imagination of this, like, like, the jail, like, there's no working through, like, the social world of the jail and like there like in prison has no role to play besides as this like like rite of passage ushering people through and into this like larger scheme that just like sucks and like i i like i recently had um you know i know that it's not a perfect movie or anything but i've recently rewatched cool hand luke which i've always been very fond of because it's a movie about florida and i'm very in general interested and anything that has stuff to and like Cool Hand Luke is based off of a book a, a book that's based off of the author's personal experiences. Now, <laughs> what what does that say about sort of like Paul Newman's central character um, as this kind of like you know sort of like this this figure that keeps you know sort of like like rising to a heroic standard and then falling and then rising again and then sort of like settling in this like you know I mean he. He he dies in the end, but you know he dies a hero's death in in some ways because the, with the, the way that he's remembered. Um, however, the thing about Cool Hand Luke is that it is constantly bringing into question sort of the camaraderie in the w- 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 in conversation with the conditions in which that camaraderie and those ideas and that story of this one character Luke, played by Paul Newman, um, is being taken forward. And at the end of the film, it it ends with not ju- not just a hero's death but a fixation on the introduction of new ways of restraining prisoners considering everything that you know Paul Newman did and you know trying to escape and um mm-hmm. you know getting into you know uh, uh you know getting into you know getting in getting into it with the cops in an attempt to resist being imprisoned um Paul Newman is also a vagrant <laughs> in this like he doesn't like he doesn't have that many redeeming qualities about him besides being like well liked among people being charming being good looking being cool and like having this Relatable. sort of like yeah exactly having this like exa- this like sort of uh, ineffable perfect quality that like only characters and podcasters have um, <laughs> characters and novels and also podcasters yeah. Um, but there's even a fight. There's even like a fight scene, like a cliche, you know, like boxing match in this open yard. Pri- oh, this it's an open air prison in Florida um, that the movie's set in. Um, and they even have this sort of like early on, like earn the respect of everybody by refusing to quit when a much larger person is, you know, hurting you. Um, but it like it incorporates all of those other characters into this. Like it has so much humanity in it because of the way that it's performed and the way that it's presented to you and the like a game like a way out is trying to sort of evoke the same types of feelings but it's doing so in such and like like it's such a such a like unexamined way that like yeah. it renders cliche in some of the like worst way i've seen it um it's so silly and confusing it doesn't know what it wants to be it it doesn't know how, it knows exactly what it wants to be, but it has no idea how to get there. Um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. So this brings me back to a question you kind of posed earlier, which I think is the question of this game: Why did so many reviewers think that the writing was good? What are they starved of, or what? do they think this game is doing that makes them go this this as far as writing goes this game is like top tier like how how does a human with a a brain and soul come to a conclusion such as that that's that is what screams out to me when i play this game do you have any thoughts on this that's a good question 
I think like even when like you know other people pointed out like we did that in uh, at one point it feels like that the, the feel the, the game feels sort of like stitched together in that like one part like it felt like uncharted at one point and then another point it felt like grand theft auto and then it oh, felt yeah. like at one point uh at one point we're climbing up a a ruined boat on like the the side of a waterfall and it is so uncharted it's disgusting but sorry go on I, I guess I, I guess what I don't understand is like I've seen all of that criticism sort of like present in people's take on the game, but then I don't know. I, I don't think people know how to talk about prison, and I think that's actually the central problem of the narrative of the game is ah. that like as rather than as like a disqualifying, not in a like you know you failed to capture the lived experience of blah 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 not in some like scoldy weird way but in a like 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 incarceration has to be a a dressing on the side of some you know larger object in the sort of in the parade of state ideology it has to like we have to like a way out is embroiled in this larger cultural scheme of incarceration as this like the the casual lived experience quote-unquote of incarceration rather than it's like true most like rather than it's most powerful the the most powerfully descriptive measures that you can use to address it which is it's implicit and explicit use of violence um Mm -hmm. there's no like all violence is this external explicit thing in this in our generally our cultural imagination is something i'm thinking about because i'm working on an episode of profane illuminations right now where i talk a lot about divine violence in walter benjamin's work as this um clarifying measure against the um um mystifications of the state ideology and the way right. that we are working from a particular um, way of thinking, a particular language um, of violence that has to be perpetuated by this, um, like the prison as a as a as a fixed object in our cultural imaginary rather than the way that it embeds violence into our society um you know of course it has to be about you know breaking out and seeing i gotta see my fucking wife or whatever um when like the reality of incarceration is that like the reason why it rips families apart and makes you know inflicts significant misery is because it affects people's ability to like make their to, to live their lives. The social world does not permit those who have come out of incarceration to live in such a way. It's dominating and controlling um, and manipulating in such a way that it guarantees our acceptance through its powers of coercion. Um, yeah. I just like, and so in games like this, like, it's silly and goofy and fun, but I'm not convinced by the, like, I love silly, goofy fucking shit. I love uh, pulpy action stuff. And, like, and this and this is not that. It has none of the sort of, like, like sort of, like, dreamlike character, um, but instead is so flat and uninspired um, that, like, in contrary to other things that grapple with the same material or other things that try and use the same kind of cultural forms like action stuff or whatever that can like the fast and furious movies are great they're they drove a car in space like ludicrous <laughs> drove a car in space well fast and know? furious is a great example of the difference right because fast and furious knows what it is yeah this thing i think all the way through really thinks it's this like meditation on prison and justice and trying to sort of you know how 
what it's like trying to to have and and maintain and protect a family in a world such as this. Like I think that it thinks it's doing all of those things in a very interesting and intelligent way while it is as goofy and and stupid as a Fast and Furious movie which knows that it's it you want to see what happens when uh Vin Diesel and The Rock smush meet together. Uh, or maybe car car upon each other in some way. And those movies are wonderful because of that. Uh whereas this game is it's it just feels so fucking full of itself. Uh, meanwhile, when we're like trying to steal a vehicle from a house that we have a very narrow window to be inside of, we can just start playing horseshoes. Um <laughs> And then we get into their garage and we have to, like, fully repair the truck, something that should take, like, all day. Um, but we're just quickly, like, there's a cartoony little bit where you, there's like a, I don't know what to call it. There's like a crane hook that, like, goes horizontally along the roof. Um, and one of us, like, grabs onto it and the other one very comically sort of, like, glides them to the other platform where they can get like a tire to put on the truck and it's like it's so goofy and unserious um and it makes it annoying when it turns around and is like no I'm going to have a real emotional beat here it's like I don't I don't care about Johnny Spaghetti and his family you didn't you didn't do that you didn't do the work to 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 make that matter and you didn't give me anything to fucking chew on right. other than look he's got a kid isn't that um an emotional motivation like Fuck off. Come on. It's like, it's no wonder that the next evolution of the formula of this game, which was It Takes Two, um, was so much more successful. Um, my guess is that, and I'm sure Joseph, Joseph Ferris or whatever the Swede's name is who made this game. Um, Swedish very, people. I'm sure he works very hard. I'm sure Hayes Life Studios works very hard on the games that they make. But I think it maybe says something that this game, Ferez wrote this game, I believe, himself. And then It Takes Two, he co-wrote it with somebody else. Um, and I think that contributes. And like, I think that like I think it shows the central problem that we've been pointing out with the game is that the story cannot support its gimmicks um the gimmicks themselves are very silly but the problem is that yeah. there's no like the imagination um that was put into something like it takes two um which is from the same studio directed by the same guy you know um but like it's a video game so surely you know a, you know a very different team um better music same composer um i believe um but man the music was better the music in this game was not good it's just no. like it's it's like nothing i'd like I, I might as well have heard nothing it's interesting that there's only one studio making games like this yeah it's kind of their thing yeah what else have they done no they've just done it's this good the guy who makes these games is like he did a way out and it takes two and the the first game, the brother's the brother game, game, I think was you, you uh, play Hulk Hogan. That's right, <laughs> brother, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and you play Hulk Hogan, then the other player, you play like his his agent, and your job is just to stop him saying racial slurs. Um, and it's quite hard uh, to do. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've got much more to say about this game. I had a lot of fun splashing in the pond when we were supposed to be getting fish. Uh, I can't say I hated it because I we laughed so much. This was an extremely fun experience. But I think if you weren't, I think if you weren't coming into it expecting something smarter, I don't know if you would find it as funny. I don't know <laughs> if you would get as much out of it, or if it would just be kind of a mediocre, very sort of childishly written game yeah i i think um hanging out with your friends and watching something silly is the real winner here um, yeah that's what it is yeah <laughs> rather than this game you're, you're watching the room with your friends uh and that's great 
And if you've got a friend who's who can ironically enjoy something shitty, uh, fucking maybe maybe this would be fun. Um, not not really a game with with a lot to say about prisons though. So bit of a bit of an L pick from us <laughs> for this series. Hey, some of, some of you suggested it. Um, who I can't I give can't me even names. Give me addresses. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to uh, protect protect the listeners. Um, no, I'm, not- uh, I'm noticing that you're sending your suggestions to Kyle and not me because Kyle is the nice one, I guess. Um, <laughs> noted. <laughs> I'm, fer- I'm ferocious. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a fine suggestion. Um, I'm happy to report back that. Um, uh, no, that's my uh, that's my report back. <laughs> Just I'm genuinely glad we played this game. Like all, all talking too. shit aside, I had such a great time. Just fucking around in this stupid game, playing horseshoes when we're supposed to be running from the cops. Fucking um, robbing a store uh, in like the most <laughs> conspicuous <laughs> way, where we individually go up to each customer and be like, "Hey, bro, you should get out of here." <laughs> I can't say why, but maybe you should get out of here. <laughs> I, I was upset. calls the cops. I was really obsessed with the... Uh, uh, one thing that they got perfect is the sketchy guy dialogue, because um, as, playing as Johnny Spaghetti, you just walk up to people and you say the most random, like, hey, let me ask you a question. Or whatever. And anytime anyone has walked up to me on the street and done that, it's always been a terrible. Look, let me ask you a question. It's always been a terrible experience. Yeah, and no so, one's and- ever had like a good, interesting <laughs> thing to say when they open like that. <laughs> yeah, I loved that dialogue. I loved uh, the character um, of Johnny Spaghetti. I thought he had a lot of. Um, that's where the true heart of this game is, in, in its love for Italians and love for sideburns. Absolutely. Um, oh, my my favorite thing in the game. So often you'll have to decide how to proceed with something, and Johnny Spaghetti will give you a plan, and uh, off-brand Arthur Morgan will give you a plan. Now we haven't spoken as much about off-brand Arthur Morgan because he's kind of boring. He's a bit, he, you know, he's he's a bit of the straight man to Johnny Spaghetti's, uh, you know, Sopranos reject sort of vibe, um, and. We pretty much always go with off-brand Arthur Morgan's plan because Johnny's plans are always fucking insane. <laughs> His plans are always like, let's just go in there and fucking shoot up the place. Let's just, you know, let, let's just do the most boisterous, <laughs> dangerous option you can think of. Whereas off-brand Arthur Morgan is like, hey, what if we do something that, like, isn't definitely going to get us killed? And I, that's a great dynamic. I love that dynamic. In a crime duo, um, I, I I support it. Yeah, it's not exactly Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, um, if you will. Uh, it's much funnier than that. Um, yeah, I liked uh, I liked what they did with I liked what they did for the Italians. <laughs> Finally, representation in games. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to conclude uh, this exciting episode of Dragon Ball Z. Um, Hey, Kyle, have you seen a 1992 film, Dead Alive, a.k.a. Brain Dead? Oh, you know I have. Phenomenal. Okay, we're going to be discussing... I just saw it last week. We're going to be discussing this behind the paywall. That's what's going to happen. I have so much... I have so much to say about this beautiful masterpiece of of schlock horror and, and physical effects. Um... And you can get back. You you can you can get in there. You can get into the exclusive club of people who who get to hear about horror movies, my favorite type of video game, uh, on the Patreon. Uh, and for everyone else, where where can they where can they find you? Where where are you, Kyle? Um, you can find me in uh, the extremely large um, uh, spider web that I've been trapped in um, for the past month. Um, in the woods of eastern Massachusetts, um, or you can also find me on the internet at Labor Kyle. Um, you should go find me, especially on the Zero Books and Repeater Media YouTube channel. There'll be a new episode of my show with the Lit Crit Guy. 
um, that has it's act, the episode is called Profane Illuminations. The episode is called Theology for Militants, and it is actually mostly John asking me questions about my book. Um, so you can learn some of the things that are in that and hear me talk about slave rebellions if you'd like. Fuck yeah. Okay, uh, where do you exist? Well, me. Uh, you know, I have been stuck in this dryer for a while, but uh, other- <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and uh, Blue Sky. I don't know. It, if if it doesn't become a thing, then that'll be a funny plug to have. Yeah, you can find me on both of those places at K and Skittles. Um, uh, you find me on YouTube at K and Skittles. I got a video out about uh, Pentiment and the Forgotten City. Go watch it with your little peepers, your little little, little peepoos. That's great. Uh, thank you very much. It's also about history, if you can imagine such a thing. Uh, that's that's it. Get get out of here. All gamers are bastards. Ah, ravioli. Ah, mamma mia.